City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. You are listening to an episode of The Stinger on the All Hornets Podcast Network. One podcast feed with multiple shows, making sure we cover the Charlotte Hornets from every single angle. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. The All Hornets Podcast Network is affiliated with the Fans First Sports Podcast Group. On today's show, I am joined by Jake Arood of Silver Screen and Roll, the Lakers SB Nation page, a a former guest, Jacob, Mm -hmm. who once covered the Charlotte Hornets uh, and the, the Ball Brothers a little bit, now working for the Lakers. Uh, covering the Lakers. Jacob, welcome back. Yeah, happy to be back. Still still pay a bit of attention to the Hornets, but uh, it's been some rough viewing at times this year, but uh, always excited to, to talk NBA basketball. Absolutely. And, and today's show, the theme is obviously mock trade talks. And I sent out a tweet to my followers saying, you know, we're doing mock trade talk episodes. Which teams are you most interested to hear from? And I think the Heat and the Lakers were the answers I got most. So I set about, I found people to, to do the podcast and, and we're here now to talk. Now, when I did that, interestingly, one of the hot names for the Lakers was Terry Rozier, who has now been traded to the Miami Heat. Uh, but he was a person also linked to the to the Lakers who were also interested in DeJounte Murray. We'll get more into that later. But Jacob, when you saw those Rozier trade rumors appearing kind of before he was dealt to Miami. What would you think the Lakers would kind of be offering, uh, you know, what sort of package could have the Hornets maybe expected to receive from the Lakers on Terrorism? It, it, the big name, obviously, the Lakers have been, or at, certainly at the time we're shopping, was D'Angelo Russell. And he has an option for next season um, it would have been a little bit of a different situation than with Lowry because I don't know that – I mean, you, there wouldn't be a buyout option there. Mm-hmm. And so with D'Lo having a player option, um, obviously with LaMelo already there, it would have been interesting to see if they would have kept him, tried to flip him. Um, I, I think they could have maybe played together. It would have been interesting. But then again, how much do you kind of want to stunt any of that growth for LaMelo by having him off the ball, but it would have been probably something around D'Angelo Russell and a pick. Um, I guess my question would have been how much of an upgrade was Rozier over D'Lo. And I I think from a play style standpoint, it it would have been different, which maybe that alone would have helped the Lakers just because they were stuck in a rut there for a while. And they just needed to change some things up. Um, it seems like they maybe worked their way out of that rut, but uh, my guess would be it had been probably D'Angelo Russell and maybe a pick, a first-round pick, um, which is basically what you got with Kyle Lowry in a pick. And it just would have been D'Angelo, um, you couldn't buy out or anything. So if you're confident, maybe you could flip him for something again. Maybe that would have been more enticing, but I don't know that the Lakers were going to do much more yeah. than that uh, in, a, in a trade package. And that first would have been, would that, would that be the 2029 first? That yeah, be that'd be the, the next one that they have available right now. They're actually in a, a weird situation. They'll have more available at the NBA draft because right now the Pelicans can, dis- can decide whether they have 
the Lakers pick this year or next year. And so that's putting a a big hold on what the Lakers can trade because they, because of the Stepien rule and not knowing what pick that they don't have right now, basically there's a big hold all the way out to 2029 uh, on the Lakers draft pick. So uh, come draft night, I would assume there'll be more rumors for the Lakers because they will have up to three picks they can trade. But uh, yeah, right now, 2029 is the only, is the closest first round pick they can trade. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, if you were to tell me right now, it's the 2029 pack and D'Lo. I think, I don't know what, like assuming if there's no protections on the 29 pick, I think I go with that because I think the, the Miami pick and the Lakers pick is probably a of equivalent value almost. And then I think D'Lo has more value than Kyle Lowry. I mean, we'll, we'll yeah. wait and see here, right? We, we There might be another move which Kyle Lowry can be part of. But I, I mean, I think Kyle Lowry is kind of duplicative really in terms of value when you already have a 30 million expiring contract in Gordon Hayward on the team. So it's not like all of a sudden you've now got this expiring trade chip that you didn't have before. So um that's interesting. I, I, you know, I would have thought maybe with D'Lo in, it would be seconds, not not a first. But um, but that's interesting to to be aware of. But we won't dwell on that too much. Uh, looking backwards, we want to look forwards. And I sent you a couple of trades um, ahead of time for you to have a look at. Um, and I know you wanted to chat about PJ Washington as well as a name who the Lakers have had interest in. I guess I will open it to you, Jacob. Where would you like to start at the two deals that I sent you? Uh, the one that was, uh, this DeJounte Murray one seems maybe the more likely just because of the Hawks eagerness to not take D'Angelo Russell. So yeah, we can start there. Yeah. So there have been, uh, reports essentially saying that the Lakers and Hawks were looking for 13 to take D'Angelo Russell because the Hawks did not want to take them. Um, which is, uh, interesting and, and the Hornets can play that role. So the trade I suggested and sent to Jacob was that the Lakers get DeJounte Murray, the Hawks receive Kyle Lowry, Jalen Hudshafino, and a 2029 first-round pick. So that's kind of the, the two first-round pick criteria that the Hawks have been requested lo- looking for, uh, if you count Hudshafino as that. And then the Hornets essentially take on D'Angelo Russell as that third team, Patty Mills from the Hawks to make the money work, and two second-round picks from the Lakers essentially to facilitate the trade. So. The, the Lakers are moving out here. D'Lo, Huchifino, two seconds and a first for DeJounte Murray, who's locked in for five years, which is probably a good thing from the Lakers' point of view because they will not have many other assets going forward. Yeah. Um, it, now, since since we kind of we talked about this, you were talking a little bit about, you, you mentioned to me just before we started recording, you think D'Angelo Russell may have actually played himself out of trade talks right now. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, it was a report that came out uh, this weekend. I think it was actually before the, the Warriors game on Saturday night, which was a wild one. That was uh, a wild was, one. I saw that yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mark Stein um, said, basically the Lakers are the Lakers and Hawks, even before that had stopped talking. Um, and that, it, it seemed maybe unrealistic at this point that they would land DeJounte Murray because of a number of things, but one of those being that D'Angelo Russell is playing incredibly well. Um, I don't think it's a stretch right now to say it might be the best month of basketball he's played, and he was an all-star at one point. So 
he's uh, in the month of January has been remarkable for the Lakers. And as I said, in that Warriors game, he he had a big game. He had a an adventurous game, but he, it certainly ended with a, a a good game. And yeah, this month he's averaging twenty three point nine. Uh, he's shooting 50% from three on 94 attempts. Like he is uh, a fire breather from three right now. So it, it kind of has the Lakers in this weird position when they started these trade talks, uh, maybe not started, but when they kind of picked up steam, it was late December. Um, December was an awful month for D'Lo. He had a, a, a really bad slump. It carried over into January. He was injured at the very beginning of the month. And then, kind of the early stages of January, I think everyone was fine with uh, the idea of maybe moving on from D'Lo. This two and a half, three weeks now at this point where he's been unbelievable, uh, it, it certainly has kind of changed things. There's always the the dynamic of, is this just a hot streak? How much of this is sustainable? But for the Lakers, they were there was already kind of the, I guess some of the complications of, of with the Hawks. It wasn't a straightforward deal. They were already going to have to find a third team, like we'll talk about. And so I think with the Lakers, there is some thought that maybe we just stay put. They also are. There were reports that they might go bigger star chasing in the summer when they have those draft picks available that I mentioned. They'll have up to three draft picks, and the names were. Donovan Mitchell or Trey Young, maybe that uh, they might uh, go after. Dave McMiniman at ESPN reported that. So there might be the, a belief to just kind of hold pat, hope that D'Lo stays red hot and uh, reassess things come this summer. But it certainly seems like right now the De- the Dejounte Murray trade talks have died down, but that can change in a heartbeat, honestly. Uh, referencing that double overtime game, if D'Lo missed that shot in double overtime, that wild three-pointer that he put up in double overtime, he might already be in Atlanta. So things can <laughs> things can can switch on a dime at times uh, during the kind of the trade deadline season. And there's still two more weeks that things could happen. But I would say the temperature right now is it doesn't feel like there will be a Dejounte Murray trade, which is quite a change from even yeah. maybe as recently as a week, week and a half ago. Yeah. If those talks were picked up again, right? Mm-hmm. Let, let's just say, for whatever reason, Atlanta's asking price drops. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you think the the deal laid out would be one that would work from a, a Lakers horse perspective? I'm sure you'll have seen a lot of theories thrown around around who that third team could be. Like, do you think the Hornets make some sense as that partner if that were to to get, gather steam again? Yeah, that was one of the things I thought when the Hornets made the deal um, that it kind of opened them up to made the Terry Rozier deal, I should say, to yeah. kind of open them up to being that third team in some trade now, or maybe not even the third team, just being a team to take on um, a big contract for assets or something, but for a Lakers perspective that that's what kind of caught my attention is the Lakers are looking for a third team. It makes sense for the, for the Hornets to potentially be that team kind of in asset acquiring mode. Um, I D'Lo is interesting because I I think you could flip him. Um, He's such a, (laughs) here's here's the question I had about D'Lo. He's a player option for next year, right? Yeah. Do you think, 
D'Lo, if he were to be traded to Charlotte, would he exercise that player option? Or do you think he is opting out and like, one, he could probably get paid more on the open market and two, he wouldn't have to be in a bad situation that is Charlotte? That kind of almost feels more likely than him opting in. That would probably make sense. Um, I do think at this point, considering what he's done this month, that he certainly has secured himself probably more money uh, yeah. on the open market whenever that he's was 17.3 right now for the listeners yeah. for you might not know yeah yeah 18.6 next year so yeah i think he secured himself that the the kind of i don't want to say problem necessarily because Delo is very good but i also think there is everyone kind of knows the ceiling on him at this point and um I don't know how deep you can go in the playoffs with him as your kind of starting point guard. Uh, it depends, obviously, on situations and things like that. And uh, but I, I, I mean, he can, I think, safely get more than that. So maybe it, it would be a bit of a gamble, maybe in some regards, for the Hornets if they really think he's just going to opt out. Uh, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he did opt out and try to go back to a winning team, a winning situation, or a competing team at least. So it would be an interesting move for the Hornets just to see what their thought is on whether he would stay or go or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on to the other trade I sent you. This one was a little bit more out of left field. I, I kind of, I hadn't thought about this until I started looking at it. And I was like, actually, I can see some argument for it. Uh, and this is a Miles Bridges Lakers trade. Um, and the main reason I looked at it is because uh, Miles Bridger agent is clutch. Mm-hmm. Um, it is well known that during his year out from the NBA that he spent a lot of that time in LA in a in a house that Clutch put on. And we know how tightly Clutch are associated with the Lakers. Um, so it got me thinking of that connection there. And I put forward here a Miles Bridges and Frank Nilakina for Jackson Hayes, a salary filler, Jalen Hudshafino and the 2029 first round pick top 10 protected. Now, the fact you went to the other trade first, obviously you thought that was a little bit more realistic. Now, obviously the off the court stuff could absolutely be a reason that any single team would not want to make a, a trade from Alice Bridges. Completely understand. Like that's probably like hard for any analyst to say what team would and wouldn't do that. But if we park that to side for one right now, because we, we can't tell that. Yep. What do you think of of this in terms of a value? Obviously, it's again like a one point five first round picks in some ways with that Hood Shafino included, but you are getting someone in Miles Bridges who would be a good fit for this Lakers team. Probably, you know, maybe on par, maybe just below Dejounte Murray level. Yeah, I. So the reason I I wasn't as certain about this is mainly because Bridges can be a free agent this summer, and I know that there is. Um, some ability for him to get paid and things like that. I'm not sure the uh, exactly how much he can get paid and stuff like that, but um, I just thought it was maybe too much to give up for somebody that might walk. Now, that being said, as you were referencing, there's been a lot of ties to the Lakers, and whether it was how much he spent in L.A. last year, he was I think he was at the Lakers-Pistons game in uh, – I was going to say Staples Center, Crypto.com Arena. Um, and, I mean, there's been multiple times the Lakers have had interest in him. I think most recent was when he was um, 
out of the league suspended and it was a report basically if the Hornets let him walk the Lakers would be interested so yeah. there certainly is interest there uh the only thing that I kind of wasn't certain about is the value there just because um I don't know and you might know this uh better or I, I'm not sure just if he's traded how much can he even be offered basically so, and that was uh, my concern no team would retain his bird rights. So you yeah. have to have cap space to sign him or sign him to a mid-level exception, which I think he'll be looking for more money than. Um, but he can be paid up to, I believe, $36 million per year is like his max. Um, I've been using kind of like the Jeremy Grant contract as like a ballpark figure. He was apparently looking for north of $25 million last summer in contract negotiations. And for me, he is now in a stronger negotiating position because he's come back and he's played, right? Like there yeah. was all this question of what do you look like, blah, blah, blah. Like he's back now. Um, so again, I, I don't think the Lakers, I presume they will not be forecast to have cap space this summer. So that would mean that for LA, it would be a strict rental. Is that right? Yeah. And they yeah. they use the mid-level on Gabe Vincent. So yeah, it would be a straight rental. Yeah, which in that, in that case, you can't give up that yeah. level of value in terms of what I put in the trade in terms of future first for rental. So no, I think that's, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And unless it, obviously like other big moves were made that freed up cap space, yeah. but I don't see any easy route for that for LA. Yeah. It, it, it was just kind of one of those things that might be interesting to keep an eye on just because there is ties between bridges yeah. and the Lakers. I don't, I don't know that anything would happen because yeah, it would be a rental, but um there's been smoke there for a while. Yeah. Okay, and let's move on to the, our final guy to discuss, really. PJ Washington. Uh, it's a name that, that you brought up as someone the Lakers reportedly shown interest in. PJ Washington is on a three-year 70, well, 16.8 this year, but it's actually declining, which is always music to every contending team's ears. Um, just coming off a 43-point game. <laughs> Yeah, uh, miraculous. He's had three 40 plus point games in the last two seasons. Um, you know, the most I think I saw he was the most points in the NBA coming off the bench, shooting over 75% from the field since like 1983 or something of that nature. Um, he is truly a, a strange, inconsistent player who can get very hot, but um, obviously would bring spacing to a LA team that desperately needs it. Um, and has struggled with spacing and offense and scoring in general this year. What do you think the Lakers would be willing to part with for a PJ Washington edition? Yeah, that one would be more interesting because I think obviously he's under contract longer. I know the Lakers were linked to him. I pulled it up back in December of 2022. Um, and I know there's been links there. I want to say a couple times, but the, as, I think we talked about PJ Washington yeah. trade the last time you came on. I think that was one of our topics. Yeah. And maybe it was simply that, that I remember as well, but uh, there, there have been just kind of the, the links there again, kind of that smoke um, and he's under contract a little bit longer. Um, what would the Lakers give up? It would be interesting there from like a salary standpoint, it's not easy, as you were saying before we went on, to to kind of work out a deal. It would probably have to be around like a Rui Hachimura or uh, if D'Lo was involved some way or something like that. Maybe it's a really big three-team deal that gets really chaotic. I'm not sure, but um, I it would be something like that. It's not 
it's not really clear cut or anything like that, yeah. but I think they'd be willing to certainly give up more assets uh, in that one. Jalen Hood Shafino, a pick, and maybe that's something that is explored more this summer when they have more assets, more draft picks to potentially move once they have kind of a clearer idea of what their kind of future looks like with draft picks. But PJ has always been someone really interesting, as you said, kind of fascinating, inconsistent. Um, when the highs are high, the, the, they're awesome. Uh, but then you have the kind of the low lows. I always thought him and AD would be a, a really good yeah. fit next to one another. And, uh, and um, his ability to space the floor and also play small ball center uh, is something – the Lakers really haven't had that type of guy. I was trying to think back. Christian Wood is kind of that um, right now, and but they haven't really had a guy who can play next to AD or without AD. And so PJ is a version of that that I think makes sense. And so um, at the trade deadline, I mean, there hasn't really been anything. It's hard to imagine um, something coming up out of nothing. And, and like we said, things are – it's kind of hard to find that path right now, but it is interesting. It's someone I've always kind of kept an eye on. It's someone the Lakers have been at one point linked to. Um, and so I, it might be a name worth monitoring maybe into the summer when they, mm. uh, if there are bigger moves or, or more shakeup the Lakers look to make this summer. I mean, let's just start with a, a Rui Hachimura for PJ Washington trade. From a Lakers standpoint, um, what would you think of that? I that's interesting. Just straight up, it would be Rui's who's the been, better player? I guess is the question. They Rui's been disappointing this season. Um, now a lot of that has been injuries, um, but Rui also showed for. Uh, I'm trying to think how many playoff games the Lakers played last year, 16-ish games, that he can be a guy that you can rely on in those really big moments. PJ could be that. They, the, You haven't gotten uh, – you haven't seen him in the playoffs, so potentially could be that. Um, I, I think more than anything it would just come down to maybe fit. Rui's kind of been in an odd fit because – um, he doesn't quite have the foot speed to play as like a three next to LeBron and AD. He gets exposed a little bit defensively. Um, maybe PJ is better fit in that regard. Um, he certainly would help issues with like a as like a backup center, which the Lakers have had issues with. Um, I don't hate it as just kind of a straight swap. I think Rui has value. Uh, once he gets healthy and he's someone that really blossomed a lot last season, he's kind of been under LeBron's tutelage this year and there's been moments more than anything, he keeps getting hurt. And so I wouldn't hate it as just a straight swap. It would be interesting to see how PJ would fit. Um, but I'm not sure it, it would be, I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting one. I just didn't. I, I didn't think about it's just it a, as being a. It's just a straight, straight, straight challenge trade, right? I mean, yeah. I I didn't think it makes much sense from Charlotte's point of view. I think yeah. if they're moving PJ Washington at the deadline, 
They're probably wanting to try and get future assets back and yeah. not clog up the salary cap sheet going forward. But, I mean, I look at them, and for me, they are kind of players of a very similar overall ability who play slightly different roles, right? PJ yeah. is a more of a 4-5 who can shoot the ball and, and probably a better like passer of the ball, a better connector. Rui is more of a 3-4 who yeah. is better in the half court, creating for himself, scoring his own shot. And depending on your roster makeup, might depend which one of those is more useful to you. Um, yeah. I, I was just, I was just curious to see kind of like where your thoughts were on on Rui versus PJ. But you know, from that, it sounds like it might be re- relatively level. But but yeah. like you say, other PJ trades, I I struggle to see something that makes a ton of sense going forward. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even can you. I mean, Torian Prince, he's playing this year for. Uh, the Lakers, Jared Vanderbilt's playing. Uh, you just don't have enough money to get to PJ Washington's number uh, with like Hutchifino, I don't think. So that that's the biggest challenge here. I mean, you can. Yeah, that's the biggest the, challenge. The, the one thing with you, you mentioned PJ's contract is going down. Yeah. And Gabe Vincent's contract is going up. And if, if things don't pan out, maybe they try to move Gabe with with a Jalen Huchifino in a first, and maybe that gets you close enough money-wise. Again, as you said, though, that kind of clogs up the cap sheet a little bit. I just don't see LA doing that, like you say. Yeah. That's a a young Huchifino and, like, a first for PJ Washington. Yeah. They must have their eyes set on bigger fish than that. Like Yeah, 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 certainly. That that was – but something of that framework of, like, a Gabe Vincent and a filler – yeah. For for PJ, something like that might get you close money wise, but no, yeah, I, I don't think they're giving up, as you said earlier, a pick and a half for PJ Washington, especially with the reports of them looking at Donovan Mitchell and, and Trey Young and things like that um, this summer. But again, it's just kind of the Lakers have been <laughs> kind of tied to a number of people with the Hornets. I would would imagine if Gordon Hayward's bought out that that's another name that they're going to be tied to as well. So can LA sign buyout players? Are they, yeah, are they, they one of the teams under the eight second apron. Okay. Right. Yep. Yeah. That, that would make some sense. I agree. Yeah. So I, I, although I'm, I'm of the position and I've voiced this, that I just don't want to see Gordon Hayward bought out. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. after buying out Nick Batum to sign Gordon Hayward for him to then go on and like have playoff success elsewhere and be like a key player. I just don't think Hornets fans, I, the, the last few that are left, I think would walk out the door when they see Gordon <laughs> Hayward winning the championship this summer. Um, I, I just, I, I think the Hornets should just pay him till the end and swallow the bitter pill. Yeah. So you're saying a, a Hayward versus Batum playoff series would oh, would don't. really do you guys in? That would that would finish the last remaining remnants of the Charlotte Hornets <laughs> fan base. I think that would, uh, yeah, clutch game seven of the of the finals. Yeah. Um, okay, well, Jacob, we've uh, reached the end of our list today. Uh, I don't think we're able to reach an agreed mock trade, but it was good to have you on to talk about some Lakers trade possibilities. And if anything does happen in the future between the two teams, we'll make sure to have you back on again. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. All right. Thanks for your time. <laughs>